We interrupt this program for a special report by WKMU. Staten Island, New York. Good evening. Can't sleep, neither can we. This is what keeps me up at night. And what is keeping us up tonight? Cropsy. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, let's just get right into it. Cropsy was already burned into the tapestry of Staten Island. And like all urban legends, they were spoken in hushed tones around campfires or under your sheet fort when you had friends over. So kind of like Bloody Mary or Three Finger Charlie or like Candyman. Oh, yeah, I the, guess, the guy right? with the hook. And you got yeah. the crazy guy from mental institution. There's the hook on the, the door. There's someone in the back seat. Yeah, like they all like variations. And I feel like every school had their own like thing that freaked the kids mm-hmm. out. Like you wouldn't want to walk in the hallway at a certain time by yourself, or, or like camp, things like that. Because a lot of times, you know, campfires. Yeah, like, you know, or like in my stories. yeah, like in my school, there was a bathroom that was creepy as hell, and like it, I don't know. We always thought that they, you know, we I grew up with Bloody Mary, so Cropsey, I kind of feel like was Staten Island's version of Bloody Mary. I'm from Staten Island. I didn't hear about it. I asked my mother. She actually heard about it, but she never told me about it. I was actually oh. born after the last kidnapping. So I wasn't really like part of it. Like yeah. the, the the fear started to go away when I was born. And like, um, I guess the school and everything was shut down by then. Yeah. And Cropsy, going ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Cropsy, uh, although the name isn't known where it comes from, it is like a jumble of uh, other urban legends. Uh, some some tell it like he's like Candyman, like you said in one of our outtakes, mm-hmm. which is like a hook for a hand. Other people saw like a like a Jason type thing where he had an axe, and other people had like a Halloween type of description where he had like a long knife to stab. It's like you know these are just all things people are usually afraid of in horror movies, but they built like a whole urban legend around it for the island itself. Yeah, I wonder how these stories even started. Like, it's weird. We just start talking about Bloody Mary or Cropsy or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, then these leg- uh, legends start to seep into the Willowbrook State School and the m- mental il- uh, illness facility. It, it kind of progressed over time where it became, um, it was an escape mental patient from the Willowbrook State School. Mm-hmm. Um so just to back up a little bit, Willowbrook State School it was like this mental institution where um, when it first opened up, there was like 20 people um, admitted into there. And then after, uh, after a couple years, they reached full capacity, which was like 4,000 people. Oh, they could fit 4,000 people in that thing? Yo, but they, they took it to the next level. And at some point, there were 6,000 people. Uh, patients in that freaking place <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy a lot of horrific things wound up happening there yeah so no wonder it became like the center of this cropsy thing well yeah we also have a uh, Harold Rivera came in there in mm-hmm. 1972 anybody who listened to some of our other episodes especially about GFK will remember Harold Rivera was the one who actually helped leak the Zapruda film from the JFK assassination. This was actually before that too. So like he was just starting out investigating and mm-hmm. someone from the hospital hit him up, told him, come on in, check, you know, you got to check it out. It smelled like death in there. Sh- yeah. Like he apparently um, got somebody to give him like a key. Like I guess a worker yeah, that was just kind of like, yo, fuck this place. And he got in and they, he filmed, you could actually see it in the documentary. Like all these people just being 
not treated well at all. For you that don't know, uh, there is a Cropsy documentary. You can find it on YouTube and other mm-hmm. places. It was quite interesting. We used some of the information we from gathered from there uh, as well as other things. No, yeah. So um, Geraldo went in there with another journalist named Jane Curtin. I'm hoping I pronounced her name right. <laughs> and like they found out that like 60% of the patients didn't know how to use the bathroom, didn't know how to feed themselves. And like they just they would never they would never let them go outside. Like I just don't like it was uh, basically parents would abandon their kids in this institute. Yeah, because they couldn't they either couldn't take care of them or didn't want to take care. of I them. I wasn't old. I wasn't born for this. But like later on, it became a thing at Ward's Island or mm-hmm. Randall's Island where they have those music festivals. Mm-hmm. Those buildings there on the south side of the island were meant to like uh, for build uh, a building for like kids who were getting in trouble or couldn't be in other schools. So they would go in there and like live there. It's like they isolated them. They pushed yeah, them to this island, island where like right. nobody goes island. there. Yeah, Stand Island back That's in the day, true. you know, nobody, you know, the biggest things that we had here was the mafia hid bodies because it was nothing but trees. I mean, there's still a lot of trees around here, but it, it definitely has a lot more. Um, yeah. And then this was like a landfill. A lot of the island is a landfill. No, not a lot of the island. It was a very small part of the island. It's just housed all the city's garbage. So it was like this is where <laughs> that park is, is pretty huge. Where like yeah, but the, it's, considering know. how big Stan Island is, it, 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 it doesn't take up half or a quarter or even like a tenth. It's a very small sp- spot. Right. Um, but yeah, but like this is Stan Island is just where everybody threw their shit that they didn't want, and yeah, the school the was for kids borough. who who couldn't take care of themselves, and the parents who didn't want to take care of them just threw them to the side and like you know what if if the public don't see them, then I don't have to worry about them. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And so this kind of progressed into, so as far as we know, Cropsey, the original, the, the way we've been talking about so far, mm-hmm. just urban legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just happened to use a real spot to make it more like believable. Yeah. But this is where the legend of Cropsey has turned into a, like a really frightening reality. Yeah. So um, basically after the film came out, they eventually shut down the school. The but Geraldo a lot of film. people- yeah, Geraldo's film. Um, right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Geraldo's film that exposed a lot of the, the bad shit that was happening in this institute. They shut it down. Yeah, but not until 1987, out, though. Yes, it was like 20 years after the film came out or something like that. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the mental patients would come back to that area anyway. Like the, the school was shut down, but it was all they knew. So they were always coming back. So they were still like mental patients in that area. Many people who called, like you said, who called this home would come back. But the reason why they came back was because there was an underground tunnel system that they would hide out in. Even when the, it was still like you know up and running, but maybe not as many people, there were still people living in the tunnels and around the wooded area. Mm-hmm. And then, as you want to say, who, there was a, a certain man who happened to be hiding in those tunnels as well. Go ahead. Introduce, him to, introduce everybody to who the cropsy <laughs> of the real life became. Um, his name <clears throat> was or is actually is his name is Andre Rand. That wasn't his original name. His original name was like Frank something. Yeah, I heard he used a couple of fake names too, so he could keep getting jobs. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because a lot of different websites had different names for him. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Like Andre <laughs> Rand. Um, he was like living on the grounds. He was actually living right. He was living in a lot of what they call campsites across mm-hmm. Staten Island. Again, this was before the like Staten Island was is still called the Forgotten Borough, but this is when it was really the Forgotten Borough, 
And, you know, he would just move from spot to spot and live in the woods and make campsites. Yeah, and live that out his, he would. His green, he had a green Volkswagen he lived in, too. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, I read that he would, like, live in the tunnels and then come out at night and stuff. And, you know, so people would, like, you know, he wouldn't, people couldn't see him because he was moving around at night. So on July 7th in 1972 is where many believe that Andre Rand became Domsey. Domsey. Uh, for those that don't know, Domsey is a store <laughs> in Bronx and Brooklyn. It's a, it's one of those. It's uh, like a secondhand store. Yeah, thrift shop store. Uh, I got a lot of my jerseys there. I got a jersey collection from them. Uh, so it's Cropsey. I keep saying Domsey. Cropsey. <laughs> so in 1972, Alice, can you help me with her name? Do you know how to say that? Alice Schreiber? Per- no, Alice Pereria. Pereria. Mm. Whatever it was, I, I apologize for butchering your name. Um, Pereria or something? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> she was actually playing with her brother. Uh, it was in a, uh, like apartment complex over on by Tyson Lane which is right off Highland. People who are from Staten Island, you'll know that this is right by that stop and shop that's over there right now on Highland. Like that little apartment complex right there is where she was. Mm. And um, she went upstairs. Uh, her, her brother, who was five, year old, five years old. I'm sorry. I'm messing this all up. Let's go back. Alex, per- let me, are we out with the name again? Alice Pereira. So she was playing outside with her brother. And he goes upstairs, and five-year-old Alice was never seen again. Like, her brother her brother went upstairs, and uh, when he came back downstairs, she wasn't there. Um, the reason why they think Andre Rand was part of this was because he was a painter in the Tyson homes. So mm-hmm. he would, you know, paint, he had access to people's houses. He knew them. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, said that they, he, they seen him in the area, which wouldn't make sense if he's working there. Um. So this is like the first. What year is that? 1972. I actually have a story of him that he had kidnapped a nine-year-old in 1969 and got 16 months in jail for that. And then he comes out and does more. And then yeah. why doesn't. Why so he has a record like I. Yeah. This nine-year-old now Alice, the five-year-old like. um, Yeah. And then there was like this other group of kids in. um. 1983. Oh, wait, that's a little too further. If, yeah. Do you have anything after 72? Yes, I actually have a lot of stuff. Um, in 1977, July 5th. A lot of these I will notice, if you will notice too, they're in July. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a special time for him or the people, but a woman named Audrey Lynn uh, Narunberg was last seen in Carnarcy. Mm. Um, she was um, 18 and she went out for cigarettes. Um, she was also an outpatient of Kingsborough Psychiatric Center. This is Canarsie, Brooklyn? Yeah. Mm. So the day before she, she disappeared, she saw a movie at the Jerry Lewis Theater on Forest Avenue to see a movie. And that they believed that she was in a disoriented state. And in her disori- disorientation, she went back to the movie theater, which was right across the street from one of his campsites. Oh. So they don't really know it was him. Their theory is that she traveled from Brooklyn to Staten Island and ran into him and disappeared. Wow. There's no real proof that it was him. That's just a speculation of one of his victims. Then we yeah. have in, uh, you said 83, right? Yeah. 1978, October 24th, a woman named Ethel Louise Atwell. She's 42. She yeah. went to work. At she the, worked at Willowbrook. Yeah, she mm-hmm. worked at Willowbrook. 
She went in at six in the morning, and I checked that day. The sun didn't come up till seven seventeen. Okay. And the parking garage structure that she parked in was dark. Two people, two women, co-workers heard her say, get off, get off. And someone else like, come with me, come with me. And she goes, no, you'll beat me. So they instantly, when they hear this, they go and call 911. When the cops show up, they find some of her personal effects, like sort of like when she's being dragged away, they were by her car and led into the woods. She was never seen from again. Wow. Now they think this is, you know, Willowbrook State. So they think Andre ran, might have ran into her and, you know, took her out. Yeah. They, oh, that's so scary. Guys, Just if you look work, up man. what this guy looks like, it's he like, looks like a creep too. Yeah. It's like nightmare fuel for sure. So um, and then, um, mm-hmm. r- right before that, too, was another one. Shin Lee. She was 44 and she went to work again mm-hmm. at this place. Willowbrook. Yep. She left building 11. Near midnight, never seen again. I've got shivers. Just disappears. <laughs> the body's never found anywhere. You know, again, Stan Island is it was it was known for, like not known, but like the urban legend was the mafia was dropping bodies off in the wooded areas because yeah. it's still wooded areas everywhere. We actually it, live by this green belt too. That a yeah. lot of this stuff happens. It's in. weird because I feel like Staten Island doesn't give a shit about anything, which I think is great. But then when you think about it, how it must have been that much more worse back in the day. Like the city probably smelled terrible and people were just violating each other everywhere you went. Probably like think about how bad it is today. And then it was probably 20 times worse in the 1980s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. I'm trying to like picture it. And it's just like, what? Like I, you know, sometimes I'm walking home kind of late. But yeah, that I don't think me that too, when you, especially when you're in the city and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna scoop me up. But I guess everybody always thinks that, and I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Let, I don't live anywhere where somebody can. Scoop I call me you up, in Amazon, but... but I can pick you up. I can put you on my shoulders and walk you around with you. So you know, I'm strong and I'm kind of big, but someone bigger could probably just throw you with no ease. And you know, sometimes I just worry that you know, just be mindful, everyone out there, be mindful of your surroundings. You don't have to be super vigilant. Just notice your surrounding area because people who are doing wrong will give hints and you'll feel it. And then you'll know you'll leave. I think that like maybe all these people that he kidnapped looked a little confused. And so he took advantage of that. And so try to try to like, you know, be alert and not look confused. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you're lost, just be like. Just walk with confidence. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Keep your keys in your hand. Yo, but don't put the keys between your your fingers. fingers. No, no, no. Don't do that. Hold it like it's a knife, not like it's uh, Wolverine claws. The Wolverine claws will break your whole hand. If you like to do the understab or the overstab, whatever one, I'm just letting everybody know this this episode will get violent. I don't know. I need to get me some type of protection. I don't know. I'm telling you, bro. It's dangerous. out. It's still dangerous out there. No, so the stories, you know, these stories, these victims, they're really messed up. But uh, there's one more story that happened in 1983. Hold on. You're okay. actually mixing somebody too, though. Someone you do know Oh, about. the ho- Holly? Yeah. Holly Ann Hughes was a seven-year-old girl last seen on July again, mm-hmm. 15th, 1981. She went to... Um, a store for a bar of soap at 9.30 at night. Who who lets their fucking kids out? I don't care how nice your neighborhood is. And I'm assuming at this time, this wasn't the best neighborhood, too. This was Northern Staten Island. So 
like you know maybe that's why you know they still had to do those things where it's like oh it's 10 o'clock where are your children because these motherfuckers didn't seem to care yeah there's another story too i'll, I'll get back into this later on that it, it blows my mind too anyway she goes in at 9 30 at night on november 10th uh november 10th that's the wrong one uh july 15th and they say rand is connected to this because uh his green car was seen and he was seen circling the area around the time she went missing mm. but it was also more because the mom said somebody called her up basically asking for a ransom but the ransom i won't go into the ransom because it is disturbing and i feel uncomfortable even just saying it but it was uh, like basically allowing him to use video you know whatever you want to take from that put in yourself it probably won't be worse than what really what he really asked for they said that the caller's voice matched Rand's. Wait, Rand called the parents and asked if he could take a video? Of doing stuff to that, like, yeah, basically. But why would he even call tax permission or whatever? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Um, but he was also seen, like, like, around the area. But, you know, the funny part is he actually admits to interacting with her. But he says that he gave her the 30 cents to go to the store to buy soap because she was so filthy. And that he was like playing with her, and then he was just like, "Oh, here you go." Now remember, this is a guy who, you know, kidnapped somebody already. Yeah, so you know, he basically admits that he's he was there to see her, and not there to see her, but like he was with her. But he, but let Holly her on the and way. they found—is she not the one that they found her her foot sticking out of the gro- of a shallow grave? No. Oh. I guess well, that's somebody that? else. I thought it was Holly Ann Hughes, like. No, it I think was like talking about Swish, Swiger. Like, I don't know. It was like after he was arrested, they found yeah. the body. Well, no, he he wasn't. No, I I don't know. I, I'm a little confused on, on that one, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So like the stories so get now, even more bizarre. Oh wait, are like, we talking I don't about know still, who. Are we still talking about uh, Holly Ann? No. What happened after Holly? All right. So th- and before you get into this, I want everyone to realize that this was 12 days after he was released from prison. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it was. All right, so go ahead. You would say um, no. So wait, so twelve days after he was released from prison, he goes after Holly Ann Hughes. No, no. Who was the one that you said was in nineteen ninety nineteen eighty three? Oh, like the it was these group of kids from the YMCA. Oh, that happened in nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. So go ahead and get into that because the next one I have is also nineteen eighty three. So there was like this group of kids uh, from the YMCA that he took to like uh, go out to get White Castle. It was eleven kids. And they just left with him to go get White Castle. And then after that, he took him to like the airport to look at planes or something like that. Yeah, he was caught there and, and then, sent to jail. Oh, I thought it, uh, I thought he ended up bringing them back to the YMCA. And then after that, he I got don't, arrested. I don't know if he brought them back, but he was definitely arrested, after, apprehended after that. And that like, is... Why was he dropping them off at the airport? Or like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Some, maybe like, he has, Was like, he going to sell them to somebody? He himself had uh, was said to have mental issues. Maybe he was just like maybe fixated on planes, so he brought a bunch of people to to look at planes with him. But you know, these kids even know they were being kidnapped. They were just like, "Oh, some guys taking us out for food." Yeah, like like nobody comes and picks up these kids. Who? Why were they eleven kids just sitting there waiting for somebody? It's just weird. So after he got arrested for this, after he got this is after twelve days after he left from prison. Mm-hmm. He um, on August fourteenth, nineteen eighty three. A girl named Taish, Thais, Thaisa, Thais. I can't pronounce her right. Can you? 
Tahisa, Tahisa, Tahisa. I don't know because she spells it kind of like unique. Yeah, but her name is Tahisa Jackson, and she was sent by a neighbor to buy chicken wings from a store. She never returned, and this was twelve days after Rand was released from the, the taking the kids from the YMCA. I feel like people, I don't know, they somehow trust this guy. Like, maybe because they think if everyone's seen him around, if he's special, he can't really do anything to you. Like, I think that that's what people assume about him. It kind of reminds me of Ted Bundy. And I feel like other people have said that, too. Like, they just kind of trusted the guy and like he was doing some some serial killers are actually quite um, charismatic. Yeah, and people don't realize that sometimes, like Ted Bundy and other people, they they got into these situations because they talked them way into it. Rand doesn't seem like he was that smart. Maybe that's why he went after children and people who were vulnerable mm-hmm. because he couldn't, um, a, you know, he he couldn't get with them on the, like a, on that level. Mm-hmm. So the way, why they think it was him for this one is because someone was matching his description. Uh, they saw her with a man. That looked like Rand. And again, one of his campsites were like right around the corner. So it was like, oh, you could have been right there. And if this is all true, then why haven't they found them? Like, yeah, where are they? I feel like um, a lot of the victims were seen with him too. And he yeah. was still able to continue to do his thing. It's really weird. The next, the next like, uh, thought of victim of Rand was um, Hank. Yeah, for, for oh, these people's names, bro. And I'm from Stan Island. This is an Italian name. Uh, Hank Giaforio was 22 who had mental issue, uh, mental health issues. He had like a 12-year-old mentality. And um, he was last seen at 4 a.m. in the morning on June 9th, like after spending the night drinking. Why they think Rand might be involved with this one is because this guy Hank was seen having breakfast with Rand in the morning. Mm. Now we're gonna go into a little bit later um, that there's some we're not going into too much, but there's some satanic and devil worshiping stuff that's involved here, uh, boogeyman stuff here, and and basically um, there are some people who think that Randy even do it. Mm. I know that there were they thought that he couldn't do it alone. Yeah, and this is like one of those ones where what if this Hank kid. Because of his mentality, but he was an adult, was in on it. You're saying Hank could have helped him? Well, if he had prefix with the guy in the morning, that seems kind of cordial. Like, he doesn't seem to, like, he has, like, interactions with these people, but they're always like, oh, he's, like, stalking them. He's never, like, sitting down and having, like, a full meal with them. Like, you know, they never said, oh, Taish Jackson was seen, you know, having ice cream with him at Carvel's. I mean, all right, let's say he's Hank helped him. He Opinion, was probably, I don't know. I don't want to get He was probably coerced, though, It's right? possible because of his mentality. He could have been tricked into it, uh, yeah. forced into it, uh, bribed into it, you know, coerced by violence or anything. Yeah. Like, I That's don't probably know. is what happened. Him. Rand had him help him. And then, like, you know, uh, Hank probably just wanted, like, a little companionship. And thought that, oh, this is what love feels like. And, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he got taken advantage of. So the last of the boogeyman's victims is Jennifer Schweiger. Mm-hmm. She was 12 years old and was seen last on July 9th, 1985. She was holding, she was seen actually holding hands with Rand at, at some point right before she disappeared. Um, and after she disappeared, they looked for her. 
They had looked and looked, and they couldn't find her. And they swept over these places, and the story goes that an ex-firefighter, like a retired firefighter, saw something weird. His name is um, George Kramer. He said he saw something weird over here when got cops. And like, oh, my God, look, there's a body here all of a sudden. And someone in the Cropsey documentary said they, they just went over that area. Like, yeah. they didn't see anything. Now, all of a sudden, this ex-NY uh, firefighter, he sees something, and up oh, there she is. And guess whose camp is right across the fucking way? That's right, Rand. Like it was planted? Yeah. I don't like. I don't think Rand is innocent. I think he was part of a, a no, bigger... No, I mean... I think there might even be... Like, honestly, because of all the conspiracy theories and stuff that I've been reading up on, I can see somebody like, you know, the borough president's kid, you know, going crazy and, and doing these things and they're covering it up for him. So they, it definitely looks like they just kind of like put on it on this one guy. I think Stan Island got so afraid of the boogeyman that... To, to vanquish the boogeyman, they just attributed it all to Rand so that when he gets locked up, they can feel safer. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, they were safer. Like we were saying, um, it's better, it's easier to blame somebody who's like, quote unquote, crazy or whatever, and then um, and not blame somebody who's like normal. Yeah, air didn't quotes. you say some guy was you know? got blamed for a rape? Because this reminds me of a story that happened. I forget um, how long ago it was. I wish I remembered the year, but there was this jogger. Her name is uh, Karina. You know what? Hold on, sorry. Maybe we could cut this. That's okay. Go ahead, go ahead, and I'll keep the. So yeah, so there's this this, this... Okay. like oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So there was, um, in 2016, okay, I thought it was 2015, this jogger goes missing in the, in Queens, and, like, when they find her body, she's all battered and beaten up. I and, think I remember this. Yeah, it was a really fucked up story, because uh, she was, um, she usually goes jogging with her dad, but that day her dad said that his legs hurt or his back hurt, so he let her go on her own. And, um, yeah, so, you know, now she's dead, and they're, like, trying to figure out who did it, and they end up putting it on this kid who he was like this black kid and i felt like special needs right he's special needs and it's clear that he's special needs and i felt like what this guy did it it felt like they just picked some random person to do it just so then so then i'm looking up uh an update on her case or whatever and like what's going on with him and it turns out that like they're thinking that the cops just pinned it on a random black person because originally when she was her body was found they said that it was like these two white dudes or something like that but then like a tip came in or something that they were saying oh it was probably a black dude and so they um they looked into the dna of like over 300 black people and landed on him doing it the the guy who was blamed how did cedric or something how did they even get his dna I don't know. Like, I guess they took it somewhere. Like, uh, there was like a on a database, and um, oh no, Chanel Lewis got convicted for killing jogger Karina Retrano. And they're saying they're trying to they're saying that it's something called racial dragnet. I don't know, and it's just basically like the police way of trying to get just to find out who guy, did yeah. it. Yeah, not even find out who got it. They just wanted somebody. Like, I, I think this is like something that's wrong with the policing is. Uh, to stop fear, they'll just say someone who did something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like definitely Rand did some things. But the the whole, if you look at the whole thing, it's a little suspicious to me only because um, when I found out about this story, I researched and I call, like, I, I searched the missing childs from Staten Island and there's only two 
from the 70s and 80s. And those are the two that we know about. And I asked ChatGPT, I asked Wikipedia, I went everywhere. Everything says that this was a just an urban legend that turned into a real thing because there were so many kidnappings. Mm-hmm. But I can't find any proof that there was any kidnappings besides the the, the four or six. And I, and, you know, according to there was a spot, um, spot in Cropsey, the that documentary that you can see that says Rand's being investigated for thirty other crimes. Mm-hmm. So there's at least thirty somewhere along that he could be involved with. But maybe they weren't kids, like you said. Something like like I said, there was a lot of these were just adults at work. You know, the twenty two year old. You know, he was uh, you know special needs. So I don't know. It just seems. Weird. Why can't I find any more missing people? Well, there was no proof that he did some of them. That's why. But if there's missing kids, there should be a missing report, right? And I, I looked on there. there. There are kids from this case, from these cases in there. Mm-hmm. The ones they didn't find, like Miss uh, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, so far I don't. I'm, I'm really bad with names. I apologize to the family. I thought you were gonna say, uh, uh, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry. I'm for real. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. This is for real. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, you know, it's because I, I know names are important to people. Yeah, it is. They um, are. And you know, I even had one time a guy told me his name was something. I'm like, hey, can I just call you Q for short? He goes, no, my mom didn't name me Q. Yo, I met somebody like that. I'm like, oh, do you ever go by T? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I will learn your name. No worries. So if if I can't find any more of these things or, or, or more evidence that there was like some kind of big thing going on then why is it said that there was and when i ask chat btp chat gtp they give me these cases and tell me that there's more cases that help build this but i can't find any more cases so it just sounds like someone's planting fake information like they're setting up like already a narrative of hey there's a bunch of kids and people going missing on Staten island Ooh, it's this guy. It's like, and and then if you watch the documentary, these people are horrified. They're so scared of like the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. They're worried about their kids, this and that. Devil worshiping. You know, you know why I think there's like, devil worshiping signs in these abandoned buildings? Mm-hmm. Because kids go in and they put that shit up there. They're <laughs> yeah. not really, and you know, they try to turn this in a whole like he's like satanic. Sat- he's he's a devil worshiper. This is why he did it. I think the people of Staten Island just felt so scared of this boogeyman that they had to make him like the worst of the worst. He's he's you know he's into Satan. He's into this. So when we catch him and put him away, it's like catching Freddy Krueger. It's like you know he was torturing all these kids, and when you finally catch him, like I'm talking about before he was you know killed, he was actually a child kidnapper in the movie. Uh, originally, oh, about, originally, about Freddy. yeah, Freddy Krueger. Originally, he was like a child molester. Mm-hmm. And um, they they switched it because there was a case going on in California. So I think the fear here was so palpable. They were just willing to put everything on him. Oh, there's 666 on the building. That's him. Oh, there's some weird noises over there. That's him. Oh, there's people missing. That's him. Because I think it's just easier, you know, blame the one boogeyman and forget about all the other ones that are still next to us hiding in the shadows. That's true. That's true. Like how many other uh, cropsies got away with yeah. it because this one andre got blamed for everything yeah and a big thing that people do is it's called mo moderate mo, moderate operative something like that it's, you know their, their motive why do they do something or, or how they do something mm-hmm. and for him to go after these kids and people who are special but then also go after adults 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the adults could have been special too, right? Well, they were workers at the state facility, so I'm going to assume that they weren't. Because Rand so worked there, but he was a custodian. He, yeah, that's true. These are people like, uh, you know, he did some physical therapy, but this was when he worked there was in the 60s and early 70s. You know, after Revolver, uh, Geraldo Rivera showed up, you know, they didn't get better, but they, things did get better. They didn't get drastically better, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is just part of it. It's like, you know, let's just blame everything on him, get rid of this, and let's just close that chapter. Let's just close yeah. that chapter on something. And give everybody a false sense of security. Yeah. It's like signing for your 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 credit card. You ever swipe your card and they make you sign yeah, it? Yeah, signing the receipt. Do you think there's a room full of like papers with your signature <laughs> on it and somebody's going through like, I don't know, this one she looks like she's the d- d- rest and this one's not even hers. You know what? Let's let's you know that is a false sense of security to make you feel better about you being protected. It means absolutely shit. Yeah, or like you know how people say um, I've on signed the websites- Bill Clinton. Like I signed bullshit. Okay. Like and then it's they still oops sorry. They still take it. Oh, I did it twice now in two weeks. Um, ah I got you say. Um that like uh people say to you make sure your website is HTTPS because it means like um that you're they're you're secure. They're not gonna steal your your password or whatever. Like it's a it's a true website. It's not a spam website. Oh, or that doesn't whatever. matter. I know. I feel like Google's listening anyway. Facebook's listening anyway. Like the government's listening. It's it's, it's all here. Yeah, nothing's private. Nothing's a secret. Um, the the documentary is really good. I was definitely check it out. Um, I'm actually gonna be probably Cropsy next year for Halloween. I'm gonna do like a a a, a what is it, a medical gown. And then I'm gonna either pick the hook, the knife, or the axe, whatever one's on sale that 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 at that time. Um, but this is a really unsettling um, to know that this girl disappeared. Like a lot of these people didn't disappear too far from here, mm-hmm. and to know that that this was that that's kind of place and like it's kind of scary. Like, and it's so now unknown. What else is unknown out there? Like people don't even know about because people don't talk about. You know, you saw the video. Like these people were scared, and like. Mm-hmm. I feel like people older than me know and people younger than me know, but like I don't feel like it's as known as it was, you know, in the 90s or late 80s. Yeah. You got any more information you want to get into? Uh, no, I guess that's it. Oh, that went quicker than I thought it was. Oh, 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 something fucked up that happened in that school, actually. What's that? There was a guy, a doctor from NYU, Dr. Saul Krugman. Who did experiments on a lot of the patients, and he um he is that a real them. one? Because I heard that there was yeah. some fake ones, like they, they just attributed to the stuff like that. So you mean that urban? Okay, so I heard that urban legend, but I heard that urban legend about the monastery, which is another. There's three buildings on the island that are old and deserted, or well, they were, and now they're gone. One was the monastery, one was the state um school, and across from the state school was the Sea View Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh. What were you saying about the guy? That this doctor was infecting them with like hepatitis and the measles. Was this like, like a that. was this like a CIA operative type thing? Like no, a, it's just says this doctor working in that institution. Because I've heard and those. He about was monastery. he was yo he was dead ass putting shit in their food and their chocolate milk and stuff to infect them with hepatitis. Now, when you say pretty shit, sure, you don't mean like, like literal stool, like excrements. Yeah, like I guess if you had hepatitis, he was taking your shit and putting it in everybody else's food. And so they they were pretty sure that like nobody in that facility ha- didn't have hepatitis 
or the measles or um, syphilis or like just mad crazy shit. He was just doing experiments on them without them even knowing. This Cropsy thing sounds so much like the Freddy Krueger because the Freddy Krueger thing was the same thing. When they DK got rid of the the boogeyman, they wiped the history clean and they stopped talking about it. Mm. Like, I don't really hear, like, you know, I was asking people and a lot of people like, no, I heard some things, a story tell here, but they don't really know. Well, these stories, this happened in 1955. Well, yeah, I you know, it was like, a little bit further ago. But even still, like, in the 50s, you know, about like 70, 80 years ago, they were doing that on this island. That's. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I don't know. That, happen- that, that, that happens in the middle of nowhere. That doesn't happen here. Right? It's too close to home. All right, so let's hit the music right there, the spooky music. Yeah. Ooh. This was uh, one of my creepier feeling shows. Uh, a lot of the, about this guy is very off putting. Yeah. And then if you guys, again, if you see the picture of this guy. He his face looks like a skeleton, and he's drooling. Yeah, there's one video of him just like staring off like a maniac, and I think they keep using that. But like you know, you know, we say we're talking about the the, the devil mute stuff like that. It, it I think those I think those are false leads. I think they just used again as a way to circumvent everything that Staten Island felt was evil, and just get rid of it by getting rid of Rand. And he's still alive. He's like 80 years old. Um, he's not eligible for parole for another, I think, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be eligible for parole. There's no way this motherfucker will live to five. Let's hope. Like, I don't know if he's the boogeyman. Maybe he'll stay around for a while. I don't know. I just hope the media mentions it if he dies or he gets out. So, and then I yeah. wonder if, if he gets out, he's going to come back to Staten Island, you think? Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right? Wouldn't that be so fucking creepy? I hear Bushwick's nice now, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blue has promised that she's definitely going to be working on a Facebook soon. Um, yeah, it's it's really needed. We're missing out so much because with the new Podbean, they actually automatically send any shows that we do to Facebook mm-hmm. and anybody following us. Okay. So even if they're not interested in like watching it, they still you know they're still like it still gets dropped like for them to get a chance to listen to it. And uh, a lot of people, like older people who do enjoy podcasts, use Facebook. And I think it'd be great because if you want to speak to Blue, you would go to Facebook. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk to Sky, you go to Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then this way you get like, you know, both of us on each side. And, you know, you'll have your own post and things that you like. And then people get along with how you are. Just how like people who are joining us on Twitter are people because I'm talking about hockey. I'm talking about, you know, podcasts, wrestling you know weird stuff you know you know it's you know you, you build up a little rapport i think you might enjoy it because it's a it's another aspect of the being friends with your um your listeners mm-hmm. and speaking of friends please check on them yeah. <laughs> and for oh oh before i even say you can find us on twitter or mm-hmm. x i call it twitter it's twitter. let's call it twitter it's better name anyway what keeps me up si on twitter twitter <laughs> you can also find us on youtube but be careful because our old youtube is uh taking over it it disappeared i can't find the email for this i logged into all my emails i can't get into this account it just doesn't exist but it's still up there and it showed up more than uh, hours so go to wkmu.podbean.com there you can find all our episodes um and a different place to play them on. But if you also hit the top corner, you will see a link to the YouTube uh, and Twitter. 
and eventually Facebook. Yeah. And uh, and as always, everyone deserves love, even you. Bye. This has been WKMU. What keeps me up? Signing off. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night and God bless America.